Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast Review. I'm your host and sometimes referee, the friendly neighborhood, Zach Stat Pearson, except no substitutes. Uh, my background with One Piece is non-existent. I can recognize 10 of the characters. I think Zoro's cool till he puts a sword in his goddamn mouth. And I've seen the movies. Not all of them, a few of them. So I'm pretty much the closest you can get to an unbiased opinion. The amount of time I've invested in One Piece does not equate to four hours. And that's saying something. Today I'm joined by the Officer of the Seas, a one Officer 9000 with the Jolly Roger. All right, Officer, what's your uh, nah. experience with One Piece? Uh, don't uh, put me in with those Jolly Roger types. I'm with the Marines. Uh, my experience with One Piece is I've been following the manga since I was pretty young and watched, I think, every version of the anime, including that really awful 4Kids one, just to see how bad it was. So, yeah, I've been, been a fan a long-ass time. That's how I Still am a fan. One Piece in the first place. <laughs> oh, my God. That was funny. Sanji had a fucking lollipop. That looks so fucking yep. stupid. First off, how are you having full-on sentences with a big-ass lollipop that never shrinks in size? That blew my fucking mind. But then again, you know, you got a guy who's got a sword in his mouth and he's having full conversations with you. Um, and last but not least, our newest and shortest member, a one, well, our penultimate newest and shortest member, a one Honeybee. Now, Honeybee, what is your experience with the One Piece mega conglomerate franchise? I've read a bit of um, of the manga. I am about 864 episodes in, I believe. Um, I'm a casual fan, you could say. Yeah. I've Yo ho ho, a pirate's life for me. Simplified lie in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, you you could say that I like One Piece. You could say that. Okay, so uh, we range from know nothing to uh, reads the manga to habitually and religiously watches the show. I'd say that's the perfect mix because whatever happens, we got someone who's less biased and then we got another person who's less biased than that. And I have no bias, as I've stated, because I don't invest in one piece like that. Buggy's nose creeped the fuck out of me. Like, keep him in the corner to the goddamn screen. Fuck that dude. That shit was weird. Anyways. All right. So first and foremost, I'm going to go first. Um, We're going to talk about the characters or I guess on some level the casting. First and foremost, I just want to say instead of fucking up someone's name, what I'm going to do is pull up the IMDB page in real time. So I don't sound like I'm, you know, I just watched maybe half of an episode and I'm basing my opinion off a half of an episode. We going to be diving deep, boys. So let me go hit the cast button. Eh, yeah, they are getting a season two. Okay. Yep. Knew he had one of those funny characters. Now it goes without saying, the guy who's probably going to be in the most episodes is Inyaki Godoy. And no, I don't know if I fucked his name up. But let me just say that his performance is something that I did enjoy because... As everyone seems to know, he is very enthusiastic about his role. However, well, I mean, this is something I knew about him, but I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I wasn't sure if they were going to alter his eyebrows or not. Now, it's been mentioned multiple times that um, Oda 
the creator of the series, has a set view of how he views the characters' ethnic backgrounds instead of just fantasy characters, right? So Luffy, he themes and orients off of Brazilian and South American culture. And Inyanki, uh, well, isn't Brazilian, but he's so Mexican, he's from Mexico City. Like, literally, yep. he's actually from the city called Mexico. So, you know, I don't foresee that being an issue. Not to mention, Oda told him to his face, he can't imagine anyone else playing a live-action version of a character. Now, don't get me wrong. As far as egotistical compliments go, that's very high up. But as far as actor compliments go, you almost can't do better than that. When you the director tells you point blank, hey, listen, I mean, the creator, not the director, tells you, hey, listen, yep. for me, there is no one who better embodies this character. And he told him to his face and he started crying. So I respect this dude and his his acting just because he respected the role. And this is coming from somebody who couldn't give two shits if one piece ended next week. So Inyaki, I honestly have no problem with him. Now, the writing, on the other hand, the, some of the shit they made him say, I have a bit of an issue with. I know Luffy's character enough to know that he's one of those, I'm going to force positivity in a shitty situation, no matter how dire it looks type of people, right? So when people tell him, you're trying to become the Power King and all you got is a barrel, and he's just like, hey, I'm going to start with a barrel. I'm not going to end with a barrel, you know, stuff like that. I get it. It works. It's believable, which is something hard to pull off, especially given, you know, what they're doing. Considering the source Cowboy material. Look Bebop and One Piece, not One Piece, look how bad Cowboy Bebop and Resident Evil went. Reminder, these are two shows that don't rely on fantasy. They don't really rely on fantasy. And they somehow just had a fantastical delusional script. But when you get to One Piece, when you expect it, they found a way to make it feel almost ironically realistic and serious, despite, you know, the goofy nature. Buggy alone being one of the biggest creators of that shit. Yup. I honestly felt like he overstayed his welcome in, in the, the first no. season. I know he, no. I know nah, he shows up more. They didn't have enough. They did Not enough oh. Buggy. I would watch an entire show about Buggy. You have no idea how much I love this oh, character. I can't he wait for him to team favorite. up with uh, no. Alveda. No. After, okay, next to Usopp, Buggy is my absolute favorite. From the from the like anime and from the live action, and no contest. Mm-hmm. Pull them up on screen for the other. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Ward. Ward. Yep. I feel like I know Perfection. that name. Perfection. He could not have been better. Oh, let me see. What what was he? I doing? honestly, I don't think he could have been any better than he was. Agents it was really fucking good. Oh, he's God, from he Agents was of Shield. Yeah. Okay, he got a Beetlejuice aura to him without makeup on. A little like, bit. He's he's very pale. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean his, his facial structure is shit, but okay. I mean, you'd know pale better than me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, would. <laughs> oh, I miss when you walk uh, through stuff. Oh, that's your own damn fault. Uh, damn. Um, I'm not mad. <laughs> I, I feel like if funny. you go to a beach, that's where you go when you die. That's your version of hell, a fucking beach. That is hilarious. I Anyways. Love, I love sun, believe it or not. <laughs> no, that's okay. The sun still don't like you. It doesn't. It's it's a love hate relationship. I love it. The sun hates me. The sun is an oppressive ball of fire in the sky for white people. Now, um, yes, um, yeah. So I don't hate that he was there. I didn't hate his portrayal and performance. My issue was 
how long they kept him in the show. I get he became the comic relief, but let's be honest. That's Usopp and Luffy. We don't need three comic reliefs divided up. That was my issue. I knew going in, a bare minimum, Usopp and Luffy were going to be massive amounts of comic relief. So seeing Buggy in there longer than felt necessary, no pun intended, bugged me. But I will say this. <laughs> shut up. I will say this. His portrayal and his acting was good. He made me believe he was a sadistic, psychopathic bastard. Not to the point of it being a horror movie like. He walked that line. Don't get me wrong. But he honestly felt like he he had some screws loose. He felt like a threat. Yeah, he legitimately yeah. felt like a threat. But he, it's like, here's a good clown that's not trying to imitate the Joker, but is still dangerous and a threat. I like that. Imagine if Jared Leto actually played the Joker well. <laughs> I can't Damn. even say that's a burn. That's a fact. That's a fact. The fact Distract. also, fact. the fact, again, no pun intended, he thought it'd be a good idea to mail Margot Robbie a dead rat and a used condom. That shit. Still pissed about that. Fucked up. Like, I mean, I don't know who she's dating or if her father knew about that shit, but I would book a flight and come down to that studio just to beat that motherfucker's natural ass. But moving on from an asshole, I fucking am mad, got the license to Tron. Um, okay, so... God. Yeah, I, he, don't he, get me started. Tron is one of my favorite yeah, properties. He respects the franchise. Oh, that works out pretty well. He respects the franchise. I give him that, but it's just I don't fucking trust you with it. Is my issue. No. But that's no. that's my problem. But you know, okay. when it comes to big stuff like this, you know, nobody has one hundred percent creative control. So no. the way I see it, you know, Disney might keep him in check. Yeah. So, anyways. Anyway, buggy. Yeah. Yeah, so yep, buggy. he was basically the main villain. That guy with the axe hand, uh, can't remember his name, but the what is it, Black Axe Hand Morgan? Axe Hand Morgan. Axe Hand Morgan. I knew from the beginning that he was barely going to be perceived as a threat. He's basically the equivalent of the tutorial boss from a video game. I know that sounds fucked yep. up. Um, I mean, that was kind of the case, and you know, in the in the manga too and in the show yeah so. it was basically set up to be a charlatan by that uh kuro dude yeah yeah his kid's been in his kid lingered around a little bit longer than he fucking should uh the the purple-haired kid he don't need nobody to bounce off of like he could almost every single scene where he shows up that guy didn't need to have kid. a speaking line or even be there his character purple? he was basically a kid doll he was superfluous Wait, uh, which purple hair character? I'm I'm confused. Oh, pink or purple? Let me go pull him back. Kobe, yeah, Kobe with Kobe. the glasses. Yeah, yeah that Morgan was Kobe. Davies. That's his name. Yes, yes. Oh, he was perfect. I could go on and on about him. Yeah, I bet she would adopt him in a heartbeat. So Morgan, I Davies. would. So, a sweet angel. Yeah, that's his the... whole marketing scheme. That I'm not mad at him, but that's how it works. Convince all the girls he's a sweet little petunia. Anyways, so. Morgan Davies, every single scene he's in, once you get past that initial Axam Morgan shit, when they finally leave, he didn't need to be with anybody who had a speaking line maybe longer than one sentence. The fact that they kept Morgan's kid with him the whole time, legitimately... How Huh? How Meppo? Yeah, How Meppo. That was uh, yeah. Morgan's kid. No, I know yes. his name. I just hate the idea of saying something that's stupid on purpose. <laughs> So um, I may interject for a moment yeah. with regard to this. Uh, later on in the manga, 
Thank Kobe you. and Helmeppo, they're like, they're basically bros by the by like yeah. once it gets further on, and yeah. they're they have- basically each other's you know. Uh, closest confidant. Yeah, yeah, no, they they're like their besties, and yeah, Helmepo yeah. actually the has a version of Luffy and Zoro. Okay, yeah, well, Helmepo oh, has basically. a really never mind. Helmepo has a really good character arc, um, and I like that they kind of built that up a little bit more in this show because you don't really see a yep. lot of it. It's kind of behind the scenes a lot, yeah. like in the uh, anime, in the manga. It. In the manga, you see like like one page little like. They were like the little stuff. cover. Uh, yeah. The cover pages for each of the manga showed like the growing story of Kobe and Helmeppo and their hellish training under Garp. We actually and, see some of that. Yeah, we haven't gotten a chance to see Helmeppo get properly into a story arc yet, so I wouldn't say your uh, assessment of it is necessarily wrong. But later on, he'll probably get better. Yeah, one of the things that is differing, whether it's intentional or it's just because we're early in the story, is the fact that there are characters who normally didn't get any screen time but were shown to be of, you know, some level of power or some level of strong affiliation with the supporting cast. And the two main players are uh, Axe Hand Sun, still not saying that name, and Beauregard, who we didn't even know the name of until we saw the credits of the cartoon, which I thought was funny. Because I was looking up that guy specifically because I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen a lot of these episodes. Did they make this guy up for the show? Nope. I was like, you know, the whole Morgan accent part. I've seen that just from Fox. So I went and looked at him. I was like, this dude has only been in like six, seven chapters. He's only spoken three times. And he's supposed to be one of the best swordsmen in the entirety of the Marines. And supposedly, I think when I went to the wiki page, he said that Oda regrets that he has not given him the proper time he needs to fully flesh out his character or to fully flesh out his power stat, you know. And he's basically Garp's right-hand man. No, he is Garp's right-hand man. He is the second-in-command for Garp. But, yeah. Yeah, which, which blows my mind that that dude even got as much screen time as he did. Don't get me wrong. I hate to say it, but if I was a fucking Marine which I don't hate the Marines, but I just refuse to be one. Even in my next life, I don't care if it's Army again or some other branch. I'm not fucking with the Marines. That dude was literally the most stylistic Marine. I would legit dress like him. That dude was basically Frank Sinatra mixed with a fucking one-piece Marine. Like It was literally like they just said, you know, let's put Frank Sinatra under a one-piece meme. I fucking, his whole entire character design is just cool as shit to me. And somehow I lost connection to the whiteboard. Okay, there it goes. So, honestly, I feel like uh, the supporting cast is doing well. But back onto the, you know, the real meat and potatoes, which is Usopp, Zoro, and Sanji. Sanji shows up too late for me to give a shit. Also, I kind of always have hated Sanji. So, I'm not bothered by the fact of how little I saw him. It makes sense. Sanji shows up at near the end of the arc. There are obviously some characters missing, like, you know, Sanji's temporary rival who dies off screen that they showed for maybe, I think, two seconds or 20 seconds in one episode. Um, But the casting feels good. You couldn't fuck up Nami if you tried. And I'm not saying that because I think her delivery or performance was terrible. 
Ashley Rudd. Let me let me see what her Emily Rudd. Emily. Emily okay. Rudd. Emily yes. Rudd, which, you know, I know you guys see that horrendous gif on screen, but I'm going to go and pull up <laughs> for everyone else um, a better image of her that doesn't fucking terrify me. Yeah, Emily Rudd is honestly, she did a good job. She had the right amount of character development and character depth. And she was easily able to be understood. The biggest problem I, on paper, have with her is that, first and foremost, I don't understand the concept of these dye jobs where they know the character will have a hair color and the hair color matches the eyebrows, but they don't dye the fucking eyebrows. Like, if they don't have hair dye in this world and this is someone's natural color, you kind of should be making that shit match. There are some exceptions to the rule given certain rarer hair colors, I get that, but a strawberry blonde's hair on the head always matches the eyebrows. So now I'm thinking, okay, so she's got dye somewhere stashed. When does she even find time to do that shit? She did a good job. She did enjoy the character much like, um, Luffy did. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Yo. uh, fuck Mr. I really wanna... Yeah. I really want to know, know the proper way to say his name. I'm one of those people who, like, I adamantly hate myself when I can't say someone's name right, even if they have no problem with it. But anyways, um, the main thing about her was just that, I don't want to see no advertisement. The main thing about her was just that she went out of her way to express that she enjoyed it. When she got to see the trailer for the first time, she was one of the first people to start crying. I always, like I said, I always appreciate it when people enjoy the character they're portraying here's where the fuck up comes up so she did have a cool fight sequence i liked it not gonna lie but she really only had that one and when they were doing the axe hand she was basically on standby she didn't really contribute much obviously in this arc she doesn't fight a lot so i can't complain about that but the biggest problem i have is one of her biggest emotional developments when she goes from being an asshole thief trying to help out other people to honestly understanding, okay, these guys want to help me. The whole entire framing was wrong. The whole way it looked was wrong. She's supposed to be stabbing the tattoo on her shoulder. The camera is showing her face in the bottom left-hand corner and the tattoo is barely even in the frame and it's shown from a front angle view and it's a shoulder tattoo, which are usually meant to be viewed from the side. And also, her eyes are closed. And I'm just like, this is the scene where we're supposed to see her showing the depths of emotion that she can portray as an actor. And also that Nami's going through. And everything about this was wrong. And when she's, stat when she's yelling out Arlong, it doesn't sound like she's angry. She, It just feels like she's saying Arlong like she has his face on a punching bag and she's saying it every time she wants to hit him. I lost all possible belief my suspension of disbelief suspended pun intended when i saw that but almost everything she did up to that point i enjoyed because nami and really any woman in a group of men that she thinks okay these guys are rambunctious jackasses but they're noble rambunctious jackasses every time i've been around those type of women that's how they act and that's why without me even having seen the show outside of the Fox stuff or reading the manga, which I've never done. 
I felt her character and I enjoyed it because it was nostalgic for me. Because I know a bunch of women who get mad. Where are you go wrestling each other in the middle of the room? Oh my God, you're a bunch of stupid boys. She had that kind of energy and it fit. And it fit. Fuck Sanji. I fucking hate Sanji. I don't hate the actor. However, I feel like he yeah. looks too old to be playing, uh, you know, barely adult, you know, teenage man who is obsessed with women and all this shit. Like, let me go back to that picture real quick. Uh, I don't know. Smiles, I, I found he him. He immediately gets a bunch of frown lines and wrinkles. Oh, they won't let me zoom in on fucking mm. IMDb Pro. Okay. Well, that's new. Like, I don't. He, I don't think he looks terrible. I, <clears throat> they did a damn good job with his hair. I respect this character. And last I checked, the dude's bilingual. So he gets points to me from that. My entire issue with him begins and ends with the fact that... Um, let me go pull up his name. We'll pull up... Taz Skyler. That's who he is. Taz Skyler. Obviously, his character is meant to be a pretty boy or ladies man. And let's be honest. Well... He is a pretty boy slash ladies man for, you know, the goth girl. Oh, the they, they they played that shit down hella hard in that live action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sanji being a ladies man? Yeah, no. He's a lot worse than manga. No, no, I know. Oh, I know, but I was talking about Taz Schuyler to be specific, though. Um, gotcha. So, I don't th- I feel like he naturally fit the role because even if he's not a ladies man, you know how it is. If you're pretty and you got tattoos, you will have a legion of emo and goth girls around you. I don't even know what this dude does, but just going through all of his modeling pictures, he knows that he's basically an alt emo or a goth. His whole entire right arm got at least like six, seven tattoos, and ninety percent of his pictures he's wearing all black. I thought that I thought that he nailed Sanji. Um, I think the thing about I him agree. that I didn't like was that they didn't give him his curly eyebrow. Cowards. Yeah, I I want I want the I want the curly eyebrow. Sanji's a signature eyebrow curl. I wanted it, goddammit. Admittedly, Is though, that'd be kind of hard face? to do. Cosplayers do it. Is it on okay. both sides of his face? No, he's got he's got like one half of his face covered with hair. No, so I'm saying like there's no pictures yeah. of him with his hair up. I don't recall. I don't think so. Okay, can I say something about the costumes in this show real quick? Because that was impressive as fuck. That was impressive as fuck. They managed to make everything look like the show, but like with a realistic take. And that is so hard to do. That is so hard to do. I mean, you've got these bright colors, these crazy things. It looked awesome. I it looked mean, really good. I guess it's just me. I think, you know, we can agree to disagree right there because I don't hate the outfits. It, my I have the exact opposite opinion. I think that since most of the characters wear normal ass clothing for 90% of the show and the books, the main cast, it was extremely easy to portray. Let's be honest. I know people who have Zoro's outfit in their closet. I technically own half of Zoro's outfit. The only thing that makes him different was a big-ass green body sash. That's a custom job. Those don't exist normally. Usopp, even easier. Blue jeans were never the only material that they made overalls in. 
Nami, yep. look, everything Nami got looked like it could have came out of Kmart if they still existed. Okay, well, came out of Nami, yes. But I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, Buggy, the, the like, really loud, crazy villains, you know? The ones that have, like, the weird outfits. Buggy's hat, for example. That should look very, very stupid. That should look stupid. It doesn't. You know, just using that as an example. Um, like Arlong's dumb little, dumb little hat, because that is a dumb little hat for Arlong. And then his nose. Yeah. Oh my god, the makeup. The makeup oh, was really good here, too. That boy's legs, they stay hairy. God damn, that is impressive for someone that young. Oh, for yeah. Luffy? That bro. So I'm looking at group pictures of them, right? Let me show you the one I'm looking at. I'm looking at group pictures of all of them, and he found a way, which is kind of impressive, to make an outfit themed after Luffy without it looking stupid. And he did a good job in that picture. But then I looked at his shoes, so I'm like, okay, well, what shoes did he get? And I immediately got stopped at the fur. Again, not a bad look. Like, I wish that when I wear a scarf on my pants around my waist, like, he got his shit flowing down kind of like I do, which I've always liked that. It's hard to pull off because you sit wrong, shit gets fucked up. It's annoying. But I don't know where he got those designer pants because those are obviously designer pants or shorts. I'm not sure where, where they would qualify as. They cover up his knees, so. Um, but that outfit, baller-ass job. But, man, the boy Fuzzy. And Zoro over here, you know, nope. he's trying to he's trying to pull off a shade of green, but so much light is hitting him, you can't really tell that it's green. Um, Usopp, you know, he did a good job. He's usually the shittiest dressed out of all the characters, but the dude who played Usopp, he cleaned up hella nice. And, you know, pretty boy emo guy is always going to be dressed in pretty boy emo stuff. So I can't even be mad at him. He, he found a look that works for him. Yeah, they, they, they legitimately... I can see them pursuing a friendship outside of One Piece, which is really what you want to have when you have a cast where at different times, different characters are important. I honestly feel like they are very, 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 you know, they work. They work well together. The only one who you could say is technically a problem is good old fashioned uh, fucking Zoro. But... That's why I like him. I like him because Zoro fucking. <laughs> I like him because Zoro is that guy who's mad at everybody, but he respects everybody. Uh, yep. Makinyu, which sounds like some singer name, Makinyu. Um, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with everything did. Mm-hmm. Also, he's like second generation Hollywood. So, if there ever was probably somebody on set who was professional, it was fucking him. Honestly, I enjoyed everything he did because he was single-minded, he was down-to-earth sounding, and he was a little bit annoyed, depressed, and angry mixed with stoic, which is a hard thing to pull off. Because if you're stoic and you're nonchalant, if people even remember what that word means, you have to act like you don't care, you don't give a shit. But at the same time, you're in a group cast of friends and homies and you're teaming up with the person who's literally your exact opposite as far as personality, which is Luffy. 
And it feels believable because they always feels like they could snap on each other and get into a fight in three seconds, or they could have a lifelong bond and friendship, which that works. And it makes sense because from what I remember from the Fox show, that's actually how I viewed Luffy and Zoro back then. Okay. Here's the serious guy. And here's the dude who will fuck around first chance he gets. Here's Piccolo and here's Goku. Yup. You know, so I'm, I'm, I got nothing negative to say about his performance. I do like that. Even when they change clothes, they all feel like a reference to the shit that they've already worn. I'm so glad Usopp got out them goddamn overalls or they put a shirt over them overalls so fast. Oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty cringe. Yeah, I don't. I, and when then what was that? He used to wear a cape and a mask for like four years or something in the manga. I was like, I'm not fucking with Sniper King shit. I love Sniper but King. But Sniper King is when he actually got like even more badass. Yeah, that was a that was a major character arc for him. Yeah, but I'm, here's what I'm telling you: it doesn't mean he gross. didn't look stupid. Well, I mean, eh. it's. I thought I mean, the mask was cool. Usopp is a is is a goofy character from the start my favorite character but i mean like he's he's not the character that you initially take seriously so, no, I you know, he's no i totally understand him and luffy yeah. are comic relief i stated that earlier my biggest issue though is just the fact that he almost feels overdone like when he's laying on top of zoro pause and he's like Usopp, get off me like you know that he just got slashed across the chest from literally one of the most dangerous people that exist, period. And you just on top Mihawk of Mihawk is a badass, yo. And I'm like, bro, listen, this, see, I'm actually getting somewhat annoyed now at that point by the comicalness of him and Luffy because it's not even like they amplify one another. I'm sure that'll be in later seasons. They will amplify one another. We all know that's going to happen. My issue oh, yeah. is that they don't seem to know how to properly tone his comicness, his comical mischief. Because, you know, they got the source material right there, and it may be good for a quick yuck, but when it's in live action, some things don't transfer as well just for the simple fact that, hey, this feels stupid or looks stupid. And that was like one of my only true issues with having too many people play comic relief. Somebody's going to do something that makes me go... Dude, cut that shit well, the fuck out. The thing about Usopp is there's a whole lot of like character... Oh, shit. I lost connection to the whiteboard. I don't know, yeah, I don't know. That second. keeps happening at random to me, too. But uh, the thing about Usopp is there's so much more that he's, you know brings to the table in each story arc, but I feel like they've been cutting a bunch of it out. Each story arc, there's at least one moment where Usopp gets to be a badass. And they didn't even have the one for uh, well, for his very for his introduction arc, which I think kind of set things ugh, not so good for the introduction of his character. They could have done a hell of a lot better there. Yeah, we're actually gonna get on that next. Um, but that's just how I feel about Usopp. You know, I'm not, I know I spent more time on Luffy and Nami than everyone else, but I mean, who had more screen time? Uh, but Zoro is almost perfect from the get-go. I have no issue with Zoro, like I said. He's the one guy who looks at everybody kind of like Nami's like, these guys are fucking idiots. But Zoro's 
problem isn't that he thinks they're stupid. Zola's problem is I don't want to care about this group. I just want to associate and affiliate with this group till I can get what I want. And it makes sense because what is Zoro's title? Zoro the pirate hunter. A pirate hunter hanging out with a bunch of pirates. He knows going in, I shouldn't be making a lot of friends here. But obviously shit's done changed. Now, we're going to transition unless anybody else got something they want to mention. Um, we're going to transition into... How the fuck do I pull the camera out? I forgot how to do that. Oh, well. Oh, wait, there it goes. We're going to transition into the writing. Now, it goes without saying that because corporate execs like being assholes, um, especially the ones who can get away with it 90% of the time, point blank, guess what? They cut out a lot of shit. Not just for filler. Oh, yeah. But actually just for story and character development and possible and potential scenes. And you know what? You can't get mad at them. Why? Because this is fucking live action. You don't have an infinite budget and no one woke up and said or even implied this will be a one-to-one representation of everything you've seen in the books. Yeah, no. Yeah. But I, I think I think overall they hit all of the like very important marks. And, and that's, that's kind of all important. I expected. Yes. And that's how you know they did a good job. Because yes. they went through everything that was important about the Arlong arc, which was the introduction mm-hmm. of the main cast and then going almost it, lightning speed from the introduction to the main cast to whooping Arlong's ass for fucking with Nami. Yep. Right. Now, there is one thing I noticed that they stopped doing after like a third episode. Maybe because it was a budgetary constraint or they realized it looked dumb. But... In the beginning, almost at the end or somewhere in the episode, Luffy does one gum gum attack and yells out the name and it ends a fight or starts a fight with the exception of the axe hand shit, right? When they got to the Usopp episode, that was the last time they used it as a closer or, you know, a significant moment. Thank you. Yeah, I am in the Zoro camp, which obviously I was kind of sort of born into that camp. I'm in the Zoro camp of... Why the fuck are you yelling out and telegraphing exactly what you're about to do in a fucking fight? Uh, except Zoro said, well, after you know, Sanji did that, I think you'll fit in here. Zoro totally does that. No. No, he Yeah, doesn't. he does. He does. You didn't even understand what I said. Listen to what I said. I said, Zoro hates that other people do it. He didn't do it himself. But then... He stopped giving a shit. I like that about Zoro. And that only works because we have other people saying the stupid shit. Which is why I think they're going to have a very, very decisive choice to make that they shouldn't even have had to make in the first place. They shouldn't have done it. They should not be yelling out exactly what they're about to do. I give Usopp the benefit of the doubt because as far as we know, in this timeline, that was the first time Usopp got into a serious fight. That was the first time Usopp got into a serious fight. Yep. So him yelling out that shit could have been considered a distraction or the guy might've assumed, Oh, well he's going to throw a rock through a slingshot. at me. I'm a fishman. We can damn near tank bullets, you know, not even damn near. They can. Yeah, exactly. So he's thinking, okay, 
why the fuck do I even need to move? Right? I get it in that regard. I think y'all got too much moving Gibbs on here, which is what keeps making whiteboard crash. Ah, gotcha. So I'm gonna just get rid of Frank Sinatra. I'm gonna get rid of these two and Garp. And yeah, I would just stick with what we got right now. So <clears throat> one piece breaking the internet, hilarious. Um, so honestly, the way I feel about the writing is just coming from a realistic perspective, being a realist, they did a good job. Is it perfect? No one knows because no one can truly attain perf perfection. People just lie to themselves to make themselves feel good. But they did a very good job. And if you stop and think about it, if they did one arc in eight episodes, let's say they get 10 episodes next season. They could do an arc and this time foreshadow an upcoming arc instead of just tossing out names without faces, uh, uh, uh. which they kept doing. Because I heard they mentioned Arlong said Jim Bay was a sellout. Like, whoa, I know that name. You ain't even, they, nope. the, the manga people don't even see Jim Bay until almost a full seven years or five years after Arlong's arc. Not to mention there was uh, when. Zoro was uh, confronting Clahador uh, about uh, how he knew him. He mentioned Mirabal Island, which that's something they only showed up in, like, it was one of the One Piece, like, One Piece movies had these little, like, animated shorts before them. Django's Dance Paradise, I think it was called. I don't even know what happens in Mirabal Island, but it sounds cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice. Should be a Sonic the Hedgehog stage, but the way it was set up, like you can tell that these characters have lived with the exception of Luffy, but that actually works in our favor because with him and Sanji basically knowing nothing of the world, we'll always have somebody who needs to give exposition to them. So we, as the audience can know what the fuck we don't know because not everybody, myself being one of them knows every little thing about one piece like honeybee does. Right. Mm. so yeah. um, I honestly think they get a, did a good job Arlong was very very fucking believable and even though I do not yep. respect him and I think that uh, they probably should have used a little bit of CG on his character design don't get me wrong the makeup shit looks believable I but, thought the practical effects were very good yeah that's what I'm saying but, but that nose bothers me well, I mean, the nose could have done a lot. Could have been done a lot better. I agree. Yeah, I, I actually was not bothered by the nose. Um, it keeps moving every time he speaks any words. It doesn't stay still that. like a normal nose does. Now, don't get me wrong. Based on the laws of physics, the longer an object is, <clears throat> the more noticeable it is when it moves on one end from another, which is stationary. This is different. His thing is moving like that because the type of skin glue they used is positioned in a way to where when his face contracts and contorts near the uh, cheekbone area, it's going to move and it's very noticeable. So I honestly, the only really problem I have with Arlong is that he, I fucking hate that he wore that hat that long, but it's like the original character design. Hey, look, I don't care. It still looks weird. It looked weird back then. It looks weird now. You swim underwater. But you stole somebody's winter cap when you live in a Caribbean peninsula. It is it is very silly. I will say it's very silly, silly, but 
if they were going to include that in the character design for the live action, I'm glad it looks the way it does because it could have looked a lot goofier. They oh, could have just taken oh, it the yeah, fuck off. They could have given him a scarf like Zoro get. As far as I'm concerned, like I actually think it would have been better if he had a scarf on his head like Usopp or Zoro. But you know, hindsight's 2020. I'm not gonna act like that's a that's a reason to hate on the show. It's just a it's just a personal gripe. But hey, look, we're not really gonna see Arlong ever the fuck again. So no, nope, never again. So I ain't really got shit to say about it. Um, if anything, we might see the actor again in a human form. Um, anyways, so he might show up as Mister One later on during the Baroque work arc. I wouldn't hate that. I think he's a great uh, a actor. Good fit. Great actor. And now I'm going to pull up the actor. McKinley Belcher the third. His last name is Belcher. That's what it says well, right here. Man. B-E-L-C-H-E-R. Belcher. Yeah, I'm gonna pull him up. Oh, well, that explains the issue with the prosthetic nose. Now, how to phrase this without it sounding fucked up? Oh. Okay, so. Yeah, I see. Yeah. um, Yeah. The type of nose Arlong has, even if he uses a prosthetic, it doesn't really sync up well when someone's nose is of a, uh, has a decent width size. Now, if they chose an actor who had a slimmer nose, you know, closer to Honeybee's nose or something, it probably would have been less noticeable and there would have been less wiggle and jiggle. Okay. Uh, but just to be clear, you know, yeah, that not, makes not saying that there's something wrong with his nose or anything. Um, I do think that they did not need to go that far with his chin because they gave him a prosthetic chin. That's not that man's real chin. In the slightest. No, no, but it does elongate the face. Yeah, and yeah, kind of Arlong had a rather head. notably elongated face. Yes, but then with also the nose and of... chin being kind of like the biggest notable facial features on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on top of it, it sits on top of his nose, so you can actually see his traditional human being nostrils directly under it, which that shouldn't be visible. But again, based on the actor they chose. You ain't got much of a choice because he's either going to suffocate and he always sounds like he's drowning. He kind of did sound muffled, but we obviously know why. He had a prosthetic nose pushing down on his regular nose. But, I mean, he he did a good performance. I just do not like any of his design work. The shirt was cool, but that's not saying much. I can't think of a better actor for him, though. Honestly, he really really brought it to that character. Putting a lot of thought into him in the first damn place. Um, what? And what was that? I said he's Arlong. People weren't putting a lot of thought of him into him in the first damn place. But uh, his sword, I, they should never zoomed in on it. If you can call that a sword, it literally looks like it's just painted on rubber. And in fact, even in the IMDb shot, you can see that some of the paint didn't even stay on. Like they should have legitimately gave him a new sword, or they should have changed how often you see it or made it completely CG. Like. There were times, like I said, there were times Isn't when the they might have benefited from the usage of CG instead of trying to go, you know, traditional, uh, let's have a good prop and design effects team. 
I but, think it only showed up the one time, though, that sword. Exactly. Like I said, and everyone knows going in, you don't put a lot of thought into fucking Arlong. It's Arlong. Anyways, so as far as the writing is concerned, I like what they did. And this isn't coming from someone who's obsessed with it. This is just coming from someone who knows what happens because I watched the episodes that pertain to Arlong. And also I talked to people who read the manga and basically stay and they basically told me, yeah, they didn't censor too, too much. They just changed some dialogue lines. So people don't know who did and didn't die necessarily. Cause that dude with the tonfas is like, I didn't know he died off screen, which is kind of dumb. At least have yeah. him get the decency or have him show up later and not be dead and be like super strong or some shit. That would have been cool. I love tonfas. I rarely get to see them in any form of television and media. I am, well, according to my old grandmaster, a master of the one tonfa, which I hate that because I don't like the idea of using one tonfa. I've always preferred using two, but he would never give me that honor. But personal gripes and, you know, old emotional baggage aside, um, they did a good job. I honestly feel like characters who you would normally not have even remembered, like I said, Beauregard, who didn't even really get his name stated in the manga, um, got ample screen time and we understand them. Um, and I'm glad they made a point to always keep, keep Nami's legs exposed. I'm not saying Emily Rudd has nice legs. I am guaranteeing you she has nice legs, but that's a personal issue and that doesn't count as a positive or negative. So I'm okay with both of those. Uh, thighs were nice too. And if we go on from pretty people compliments to... You know, there's a character we haven't talked about yet at all. Yep. Why do I feel like I'm going to I think we all know who we haven't talked about yet. No, but I know I'm going to regret this. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about, but who Shanks. are you talking about? We have not talked about Shanks yet. And why haven't we talked about Shanks? Because just like in the show and in the books, Shanks shows up maybe once every three to four years. Yeah. I was going to say... He's so iconic. No, no. He's iconic to yeah, you. Kind of. But you have to, again, we're looking at this and we're judging it based on itself and its referentiality to the source material so that means by default shanks is a name that gets used to piss off luffy or to make luffy happy and he did his job now that means we're not going to see shanks again except for 10 seconds in season two when he goes and parties with mihawk and then we don't hear or see him again for the next five years i'm not even trying to bring up shanks because there's no point in caring about shanks because oda went out of his way to make sure we forget about Shanks until he decides Shanks should show up. I mean, Tell I, I definitely he, disagree, I mean, but okay. he, we do largely forget. About about- I no, I think I think Shanks is a very important character, um, and I just wanted to say that the way that they handled the flashback with Shanks was done brilliantly. By the way, his name is Peter Gadiel. Yes. Yep. I was gonna say uh, bring up the uh, the how they portrayed uh, Luffy's grandfather Garp. He was a fucking badass. Garp was great. Garp is in the same boat as Shanks. He's important when he shows up, and then he shows up maybe once every four or five years, and then he barely does anything. In fact, 
literally outside of this arc, last I checked, Garp doesn't actually get into a fight for like seven years. Yeah, we're not going to see probably see him for a long-ass time. But what we did get him of, get of him in this arc, I think made a pretty strong impression. Yeah, but then it's just a pity they, they go ahead, might go ahead. not use they might not use him uh, much more, or they might do like what they did with uh, uh, Kobe and El Meppo, and maybe have him show up a bit more. Yeah, they could one, he, change best, things up a bit. Paragraph, maybe two paragraphs, just like Shanks, and then they won't do anything that is important to the characters of the story. And then they'll just do that for the next five or six years until they actually show up. Like I stated, they didn't technically betray anything, but new people aren't going to know what we all know. So they're going to be annoyed by it on some level. If anything, if they did do that repeatedly, it might hurt instead of help. Because people start asking Mm. the question, why are they always this far apart? Why are they always this far apart? However, this is long format storytelling. So it's very common for people to have flashbacks, people to have dreams, or that non-existent thing that's never happened to anybody in real life where they're doing some action, and right when they're doing some action, they visualize the person they're talking to them, standing in front of them or beside them and next to them, and only they can see them. Anyone who does that in real life is actually batshit crazy. But for some reason, in movies, we just allow it. I don't hate it, but when I got older, it started bothering me how frequent it was. If you're going to kill off a character, kill off a character. If you're not going to kill off a character, just make them missing, gone, or disappeared, not dead. But, you know, story writing wraps aside, they haven't done it yet, so I can't accuse them of it. I guess uh, that brings us into our last little element of this discussion, um, which is, I can't answer this, so it's between you two and, you know, uh, you're the uh, uh, captain of this pirate ship, so... Honeybee, I'm going to let you answer first. Um, do you honestly feel like, based on what you watch and what you, from the show, that they get a, did a good job or that the show comes off being able to be taken seriously and get more seasons? Yes, I know we're already getting a season two, but I mean, do you think that they did a good enough job with the show to where they respected the franchise and the media that it came from. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Um, you know, as a as a, <laughs> a longtime fan of the series, I was very impressed with what they managed to do with, let's be real, kind of a silly, goofy pirate show. Like, it's... it's mm, it was funny when it needed to be funny. It was serious when it needed to be serious. It did a good job of establishing our characters. It did a great job of establishing this world without being too like, oh, here's the overview. Let me rant about like what's going on in this story. It it didn't treat the audience like an idiot, is what I'm saying. Um, the villains felt like villains um, without being like, yar, har, har, I'm so evil. Um, it was... <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but ironically, that's kind of how I feel about Buggy. I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Buggy was, but he was meant to be that. He's a silly clown guy. Like, he can be silly. Um, 
I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a fan. I definitely can't wait to see what they do in season two. Um, I think they earned it. I, th- I think they have, uh, they have, they have earned their pirate flag. Okay. Uh, Jolly Rogers, the word you're looking for. Um, all right, officer. I know, I know. From the more manga perspective, uh, you know, you get screwed twice over because as we all know, and anime people love to fucking forget and act like they're the shit. Um, when Japanese comics transition from their original graphic novel medium into animation, uh, cartoonery and live action, material they always cut and cut and cut and edit and cut so based on what you know what your extensive you know uh comic history with the books what do you feel about the live action did they respect it are you okay with its performance you know let me know so i actually looked back uh when i was watching the uh, this new Netflix live action. I actually went back a bit and read some of the manga, like the really early parts, which, man, a lot happened there that I completely forgot about. And a lot of that was some of the stuff that they ended up cutting. So, look, thinking back on it, yeah, I forgot about this. It, maybe it didn't really even contribute all that much. Maybe it didn't even have to be in there. Or... Maybe they can incorporate some of these characters or that they cut out into stuff later on down the line and maybe end up a little better. I thought, yeah, they cut some stuff, but it was for the better. Uh, mostly. I feel like they could have still had uh, that hypnotist Django, but I know why they didn't include him. Because they probably felt it might have been maybe disrespectful to Michael Jackson, who, let's face it, 100%, that's who Django was based on. And, well, Michael Jackson is now deceased after, you know. Let's not get into that. Fentanyl overdose. You can say fentanyl overdose. Yeah, the opioid crisis, basically. May he rest in peace, the king of pop. But uh, there was some characters that they cut that I felt probably should have still been there. Django among them. But for what we got of this show, looking at it, you know, in comparison to the anime and the manga, I don't mind that they cut things. There was some stuff that they didn't really even need. So I thought, yeah. Pretty decent. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it and seeing how they change it. I mean, it might sound kind of odd why you're looking forward to how they change it, but I don't want just a cookie cutter of, oh, let's take the manga and just make everything the same. I want it to be different. Okay, and well, I mean, I really really can't say much, but I will say this. One Piece live action accomplished something that few franchises have ever been able to do, which is have camp, but also mature camp. I can maybe only name two shows in my entire life that I can consider mature camp. And even then, both of those shows are like 
over 20 or 30. No, they're over 20 and 30 years old. So the fact which that shows, huh? If you don't mind me asking, which shows? Uh, Hogan's Heroes being one of them. Yes, and, I definitely agree there. Yeah, and the other one. Mash? Yeah. No, I'm oh. serious. Yeah, Mash. Shit. Shit, I I had a feeling, but I didn't think I caught... Uh, yeah, definitely agree with both those. Yeah, and this is coming from someone who obviously wasn't the target demographic for either of those shows. But... um, Oh, and uh, Laverne and... Not Laverne and Shirley. Which is the one where the main character was racist? Those the, those were the days... What was it called? Uh, Shoot, Archie Bunker was the name of the yes. main character. yes. Whatever she um, I don't remember the name though. Damn. I, I think it was. Those were the days. I'm not sure. Um, All in the family was it? I don't know. We'll look it up later. So, the way I see it, mature camp is hard. And even if you do do mature camp, there's more than one kind, and it's they're barely they're barely done in any form of North American or really just English media in general. But honestly, they did it because I can believe Arlong exists. Why? Because Arlong. If you remove what's under, you know, all the makeup, <laughs> there are so many undertones yeah. and puns in this sentence. But if you remove what's underneath Arlong's thinking, he's a hurt man who got disrespected and his entire species and race got disrespected. And all he wants is to create a civilization where instead of getting respected, his people are feared. But he thinks it's respect because he has learned or he's told himself that fear is someone fearing you is the same as someone respecting you. It's not. And he is very fucking believable. Now, you match up a character like that with his goals and ambitions and what the fucked up shit he did to Nami. That's a dark drama right there. And it could sell by itself. But then you go and factor in someone like Usopp and Sanji and Luffy showing up to help her out. The complete and total opposites of both of their characters. And they don't come from a murderous background. Fucking guess what? It shouldn't work. Or at least in live action, it should not work. But much like Power Rangers, which a lot of people said, oh, this is going to be some one and done kid show. It works. And Power Rangers mm-hmm. is not mature camp. It is literal camp. Supernatural has an identity crisis, but I think that's what the appeal of it is. Sometimes they're camp, sometimes they're a serious drama that happens to be about more than just whatever the fuck is on All My Children, if that show even still comes on. Ironically, a lot of the actors have been on soap operas in Supernatural. Um, So, I respect that they accomplish something so rare of mature camp. And I'm sure there are plenty of Let's call them what they are, weeboos and fucking nerds who decided that their opinion is the only opinion that should matter about the show because they're objectively right and anyone who says anything different is an asshole and all this other shit. We all can name 10 or 20 nerds and weeboos who do stupid shit like that. That's why the Star Wars fan base is so volatile. But here's the thing. What I have to say is not devalued by my lack of knowledge about One Piece because guess what? This show wasn't made only for fans by the fans. It was made for people to enjoy. And I'm a person. And for fans to maybe get a little bit of extra enjoyment. Yeah, and you know what? Real talk. I'm not going to lie to y'all. If I didn't feel like finishing these episodes, 
at a bare minimum, when we came to the review, I would have said, no, I hated it and I didn't finish it. Here's where I stopped and here's why. But I finished the whole thing. It also helps that it was only eight episodes, but I finished the whole entire thing. And much like anyone who knows you should have an open mind when you go into a TV show, minus some exceptions that are obviously meant to do fucked up shit. Looking at you, Blue Bloods, um, I rarely come across a show that blatantly fucking racist, um, or catering to racist. Um, I myself personally have no problem giving season two a chance, but I'm telling you right now, if there's some big ass fights that happen more often and these characters keep yelling out everything they're going to do beforehand, I'm probably not going to make it past episode four. And that's if they get Jamie Lee Curtis. Reminder, Jamie Lee Curtis is a fan of the show. And she's oh, yeah. she thinks she would be good casting for Dr. Kareha if they ever I mean, did season two. 100%. She just blatantly said, hey, they should call me. Perfect. Perfect. She would. I ten can't think of anyone else who would be better than her. Bro. Ten out of ten. Here, here's what blows my mind. I was thinking some shit like that when I saw the Tony Tony Chopper season in the beginning. Like, this woman is one of those women who... She never stopped dressing like she's 30, even when she's 60. Which, depending on who you are, that shit is so... It's so epic. And I respect you that much more for it. Not saying that, you know, there's something wrong with dressing 60. But here's the thing about dressing your age. That's a very nebulous thought process. If you stop and think about it. I'm not saying you got to wear some tight fitting and have your legs out and, you know, some smutty shit or just something that bear, that shows a lot of skin because it's hot outside when you're 60. I'm not saying you can't do it because you're 60. I'm saying you dress in a manner that makes you distinguishable for most people in your age group. I think that's very fucking cool and respectable. That's why, even without the fetish elements, I respect how goths and alt people and metalheads dress when they get older because... It makes them distinguishable because back in the day, you know, let's be honest up until maybe the seventies, everyone over 40 dressed practically the same until we got to, you know, Harley Davidson culture until metalheads started getting more popular until hair dye started getting cheap until, you know, people realized that you don't just have to go from the hippie era, which really doesn't mean is a nebulous term that's derogatory and doesn't mean much into whatever we have now because i don't think hipsters are around anymore they seemed extinct but it's really just people who don't want to dress or who have never dressed in a very very generic format i'm okay with that that's cool to me even if i don't do it all the time i think that's cool and honestly jamie lee curtis is a swiss army knife of an actor yes she does you know she had a leg up because of her parents that don't mean she's a shitty actor. There are many actors who nope. got a leg up because of their parents, and they're not half as good as Jamie Lee Curtis. They haven't even expressed the range that Jamie Lee Curtis has. If you go and look at Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I don't know if y'all saw that movie. Wonderful movie. God, it was, it was so good. That person she portrayed dresses so statistically average for her portrayed age group I was in disbelief that it was actually Jamie Lee Curtis for a little bit and then go back one or two movies and here's Jamie Lee Curtis walking around like a velour tracksuit or some shit like I'm happy if she shows up 
That'll make me watch at least up to when she shows up. But honestly, Sanji, much like his counterpart, pisses me off. I even hate a lot of Sanji's fucking cosplayers I know. Not because they're dressed as Sanji, because, again, I'm not a fucking weeboo-ass nerd. I hate them as a person. But if we exclude Sanji, and if I take away my own personal issues with them, I've already stated. Dude did a good job. I'm glad he didn't get that fucked up eyebrow, um, contrary to what other people prefer. Uh, I do wish they kind of sort of hid his eye a little bit more. Just, you know, it's doable. They could have did it with CG, and they could have kept his hair like it is right now that we see it. He did a good job, but I cannot, I cannot stand his fighting. I honestly can't. Dude's over here yelling out technique names while he's upside down with his face laying on the fucking ground in French when he speaks English and Spanish in a show where the French language doesn't exist. I'm sorry. It's So it's because he was speaking French. Gotcha. Look, I'm not some Creole elitist, which I don't even think that's even a thing that exists. The issue is just that when I'm watching a show, I'm getting engaged and my sense uh, of belief is being suspended. When I look at Usopp yelling out his shit, when I saw Sanji yelling out his shit, it immediately went away and I'm like, okay, this turned into some Power Rangers shit. But at the same time, when Luffy does it, I'm not pulled out. It's weird. But I honestly have a problem with the concept of telegraphing. But also, given my background of being so good at martial arts growing up, my master made me a student trainer and I was training and coaching adults before I was fucking old enough to vote. And also, you know, I was on the closed circuit for a little while. Technically, that's not a big deal. It's the closed circuit, not the open circuit. And also, occasional women self-defense just because, hey, I wanted to make money in the summer and one of the, you know, masters wanted to pay me. I was like, shit, okay. I look at people doing shit like that and I immediately think, I fucking hate you. You remind me of some of my dumb students from back in the day. But even if I didn't have that mindset, if I was a total stranger going in, I would still tell you, why the fuck are they doing that? Stop doing that. You're telegraphing. Because when you're not in Power Rangers, you don't expect anyone in live action to telegraph what they're doing. Show, don't tell. Works in combat. Because combat is nonverbal communication. But if we remove that one gripe, honestly, I, I don't hate much outside of fucking Usopp's personality feels like it's cranked to 11 unnecessarily. And, you know, any issues I have with the cast are, I would say, cosmetic. It's not nothing wrong with the actors themselves. It's not nothing wrong with the dialogue except what I just stated. And sometimes the prop designs look a little bit too cheap, or if they are cheap, zoom out so no one can tell. And spend more time zooming in on Nami's legs, because they are a national treasure. (laughs) I remember a few people made jokes about how, uh, is Nami in the live action going to get the same treatment as Nami in the anime? Okay, first off, they meant something completely different, which is fucked up, but... I don't know. Uh, I don't want them personally. To I hope they don't do but, that. So, for the people listening, what we mean is, over the course of a two-year time span, for absolutely no reason, Nami's chest some somehow grew six times its size, and I'm not and I'm not be speaking hyperbolically. 
I don't know how women would put it. Honeybee, maybe you could help with that. But Nami essentially went from what I would discern as an A cup to a what? Double or triple E cup. I don't understand that. And he did it on purpose. I have no explanation. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Yeah. And and then here's Nico Robin, who will more than likely be in season two. Here comes Nico Robin, and she's exactly the same. Like nothing changed on her. Not even a wrinkle. When I first saw it, because it was actually being talked about a lot on the internet, I was like, wait, Nami's the thief who always uses gadgets. And she's walking around in a bikini top. Maybe she just is has a pocket in there and it makes it look like she got big boobs. It sounds stupid, but this is one piece. And I was like, no, no, she, her teeth are just kid. big with no logical reason given for why they grew that big. But her body's exactly the same, the rest of it. Okay, so Nami somehow went from a literal sheet of paper to a capital P. I'm not saying fake tits exist in the world of one piece, but if they did, that would be the only explanation we could ha we have for Nami. Because to my knowledge, there has not been an official explanation given. And if there is, let's look it up once we're done recording. Just in case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so closing thoughts. I will give One Piece Season 1 the equivalent of a B grade. Not for bad, letter grade. There is obviously room for improvement. And if they had a bigger budget, they could do a lot more. They honestly could do a lot more, right? But realistically, because everyone is scared of the concept of live action adaptations of Japanese comic books, they did good with what they had. And I can respect them because they try to do a good job. They didn't come in and try to force and manipulate shit like with The Witcher and Cowboy Bebop. God rest their souls. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Pirate Captain, what are you grading it? Do you really need me to tell you who you are? Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, okay, shit. Um, so I'm going to give it a B plus. It was pretty solid. It definitely set a standard for um, live action going forward. However, I am also giving them extra credit for the portrayal, the portrayal of Buggy. Oh so now God. we bumped it up to an A. I need a fucking drink. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the pores in his nose on his nose that's fucking weird it's that's his that's a nose that's not a clown nose in in the, yeah that is actually what his nose that's looks fucking like crazy. But not him wearing a clown nose the character buggy the clown does not wear a clown nose he's called buggy the clown because he has a huge red nose Yo. it would have pores that skin needs to breathe let oh it breathe. <laughs> All right, officer, take us home before I vomit. Uh, uh, initially, before I got to the Baratier arc, I was going to give it kind of a lower grade, but with how things went from then on with you know some of the side characters, I give it a A minus. Could have could could be better, but I definitely liked what I saw. I want to see more. All right. Um, well, it goes without saying we don't do a lot of group reviews. I want to try to fix that 
this winter season. Um, so next up for us, uh, I am mandating Castlevania. Know that that does not mean you mandatorily have to watch it. It means that the next review we do will be Castlevania. Um, the newest one or the newest season or yeah, uh, we might have to release it late though, because, well, I'm technically in talks with one of the producers managers. So I don't want him seeing our opinion and thinking because I didn't say it was perfect that, you know, he shouldn't work with me or something. So it gotcha. might come out late, but we'll still record it in advance. Um, with that being said, uh, thank you both for coming, and I will see you guys in the next one. Yep. Bye. Farewell.